Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. What's going on, everyone? Today is Friday, August 16th. We got a good slate of games this week. Some sweeps, Jake. Some surprising sweeps. Some big-time heroics. Some walk-offs. Home runs. They got involved. Let's do it. Let's talk some baseball. Talking baseball. We are talking baseball. Hello and welcome. Talking baseball. I think our 11th episode Friday episode. If you're a new listener, thanks for stopping by. Episodes come every Monday and Friday. Recap the weekend series. Recap the week series. My name's John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey, and I got Jake, backwards hat on, waking up in that fresh Denver air. How you doing? Doing well, James. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited. I got... I got a I got a pep in my step this morning because the ESPN article that our buddy Coley from ESPN wrote about us came out, and that always feels good. Not going to sit here and downplay it or lie. It's pretty exciting yeah. stuff. We're uh, doing good things, so getting some recognition. That's cool. Uh, Friday morning uh, is exciting, and I like the Friday. I told you this yesterday. I like the Friday yeah. shows because. It gives us the buffer day. A lot of these series wrapped up on Wednesday. So we get the buffer day Thursday to kind of like soak it in a little more where Monday shows they end Sunday. They all end on Sunday and it's like, bam, let's figure out what what happened. So I do like the Friday shows more. I'm happy. I'm excited. How are you? Yeah, we uh, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Got the coffee flowing. You're right. It's uh, if if those of you don't know, uh, there's an ESPN article. It's kind of based around the. The Yankees effing savages. Uh, and then it also gives the story of kind of John Boy Media and a little bit of what's going on around here. And, yeah, Coley Harvey's our guy. He was covering the Yankees beat. He's actually jumping over to Big Ten football. You're probably going to see a lot of him this fall. I think he's going to be doing the sideline reporting for Tim Brando and someone else's calls. But, uh, like, the big Big Ten game. So uh, go check out Coley Harvey. If you don't know him, he's just a good dude. And uh, yeah, so we're we're walking tall today, Jim. We're we're coming in at a full five seven today, because um, we it's it's not every day you wake up and you see yourself on ESPN, which was I mean, little boy Jake's dream up until the age of you know twenty eight or so. Aha! Aha! A joke uh, was made. <laughs> You're twenty nine. That was the joke. Should we, should we say that every time we make a joke? Aha, a joke was made. That's the punchline? Like Dave Chappelle slaps the mic against his leg? Yo, that's so bad, but it's so good. <laughs> yeah, his new special's coming out soon. They went, oh, to yeah? the, they went to the Salt Flats to film the preview. We've been there. Yeah. Should play salt baseball flat. in the Salt Flats. Not a ton of baseball in the Salt Flats. Not as much as you'd like. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm, dude, we should build like a baseball field in the Salt Flats. That'd be badass. That's what I was saying. You'd scrape yourself up pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Gnarly scrapes. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what the Salt Flats are, Google them. Pretty bizarre. The Bonneville Salt Flats. Yeah. Utah. It was a dried up lake. Now there's a bunch of salt. Jake, this episode today, we got a lot of people sponsoring it. 
and we're flying all these people out to the salt flats. Pretty cool stuff, man. Okay, I'll let you know who what you let me know what position they're playing. This episode of Talking Baseball is sponsored by Ooh. Jay Malone. Jay Malone, ah, that's tough. You don't want to give away a pitcher spot so quickly. But that's first Jay base. Jay Malone, it's fir- first base. It's a first Ooh, base. that's a good call. You got that's me the there. First I'll base give you that saying. one. Charles K. Middleton, the second. That's a shortstop from Curacao. That feels like a center fielder to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we both got him with speed. Yeah. All right. Ian Donaldson, second base. I mean, yeah, I was thinking second or third. We'll see how the other position comes out. Donaldson can play both. Joshua Gonzalez, that is either, that's a stud pitcher or a stud like DH. Yeah, I've got him, I've got him either middle relief or right field slash DH. So we'll go right field slash DH for now. Caleb Summerhays. Summer Hayes is a pitcher, dude. Wacky reliever, yeah. Yeah. All right. Christopher. Speaking of. Christopher Lajenus. Lajenus. I think we're throwing him at short, Jim. Okay. Yeah. Johnny Flores. That's a a corner outfielder. Flores. I mean, come on. It's a corner outfielder. Zach Williams. Zach Williams. You skipped John Jamel. Oh, John Jamel. That's, That's a DH name. I'm sorry. I was going to say catcher. It's a big bat. Okay. Yeah. Zachary Williams. Zach Williams. Zach Williams. Uh, I, that's a pretty versatile. That's your that's utility a, guy. That's your Zobris. Paul. That's the manager. It's Paul. So I've got Paul. Did you see uh, Shane Green? Uh, they When they came out, they just put Shane as his name. They didn't say the green part. So that's a new, that's a new closer trend I want to start. Nice. That if you're a closer, you get to go by one name. Josh Mazzoli. That's, Mazzoli. Like, that's your catcher right there. Yeah. Mazzoli behind the dish. Colin Armenda. Armenda. I don't know Armenda? what you are. It's a tough one for me, Colin. I think yeah. we'll wrap it up. That's our team. Jonathan Garcia. Haley Tosado. Eric yeah. Michelson. Jack Michaels. Oh wow. Michaels and Michelson. Same timing. Danielle Eber. Eber. Annette Eber, yeah. Annette Allen and Matt Tisk. Tisk, Tisk, Tisk. Those are that his whole life. So you're welcome to come to all of the Salt Flats and play baseball with us. Those are our most recent Patreon supporters on patreon.com slash johnboymedia. They get early access to the show. I know Hayden Cart's in here. Drew Ward are in the chat. Maybe they're at work right now or just chilling on a Friday and during summer. And, uh, yeah, if you guys have anything to add to the show in the chat, feel free to. Patrons also get the chance to win two jerseys each month from affordablejerseys.com. Uh, Andrew Pelham is in the chat as well. And, uh, and what else are the perks, Jake? And, uh, there's and- going to there's gonna be more coming as we are able to do more content and get more, some more people on the team. Uh, I do want to live stream making a breakdown again uh, whenever I can yeah. find time. Next week sometime. And Jim, this this might sound over the top, and maybe some people won't believe it, especially where uh, you know you you are on Twitter nowadays and all that jazz. But it, it, get involved with us, tweet at us. Like I, I know Eric Michelson, Haley Tosado, Jonathan Garcia. These are people we interact with regularly. So like, don't like get involved with us. We we like talking baseball. Not to be too corny, Jim. That's a joke. Yeah. And uh, we do have a lot of stickers to send out for reviews. I'll get on that. We got to have stickers. Um, I wanted to do we wanted to do something cool and like make each sticker unique for each team. But that might 
we some ideas we think of and then we think of the logistics and we're like fuck that's oh. crazy yeah but anyway we'll we're, we owe stickers to a lot of people in the reviews i'm not forgetting about you i'm just pushing you aside for like another week maybe <laughs> are we then are we the number one baseball podcast can we can firmly say that we are on chartable which takes okay. everything into account uh the podcast one they updated their categories and it hasn't been like updated in two weeks right like they updated the way they do it but on chartable talking baseball's number one talking yanks is number two and that is i mean i don't need that to stay forever but it makes me very proud of ourselves yeah. So that's cool. share, share, share it with the baseball friend because we're doing good things. All right. Let's get right into the baseball. Enough of this. None of this groundskeeping. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy, can you give me any inkling of what happened in the National League during the first set of games this week? I can. I can. And I want to reiterate again. I know we say this a lot. I okay. love a little behind the scenes. I love where we ended with how we wanted to deliver we wanted to open the show with what happened last week, but we right. had no idea how to do it. Do we just read the standings? Do we read every game result? Am I just saying it all? And it seems like a very simple concept when you get to the end, but what, the way we do it now is you know, we rotate. I have the National League this week. I had the American League last week and just kind of give a report. I love it, Jake. I love that we decided to rotate leagues. Yeah, there's, there's a part like of me. I've never known more about baseball. There's, there's a part of me that feel there's a part of me that feels a little dirty because I'm watching more baseball that it's like oh, I peeked in on some National League games. Damn it! Um, but I, I know you've got more for me. So yeah. All right. Well, the Nationals swept the. Oh, hold on, hold on. You know, eventually oh. when I get my soundboard back, I want some like music for this. Like do 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 do. You want me to music. sing the whole time you're doing this? No, no, just some tunes. You know, like a Ken Burns doc, like just some tunes. I don't on, think on you're ready for this jelly. All right, you just talk over that. Okay. <laughs> the Nationals swept the Reds. Two close games and then a blowout, Jake. Trevor Bauer got lit up in the fifth inning of the final game. Good for the Nats who are, you know, vying for a spot. The Reds aren't. The D-backs and the Rockies got together in a little NL West matchup. I think of these teams as very similar in my brain. I think that's just the geography of it. The Rockies barely avoided getting swept by the Diamondbacks with a ninth inning comeback and walk off in game three by Arenado. Good for them. Better for the Diamondbacks. The Pirates and Angels met up. The Pirates and Angels matched up for the battle of the worst August in MLB, Jake. Two teams just yeah. plummeting. They said, let's find out who's the worst. And the Angels came out the victor by losing the first two games of the series. Congrats, the Angels. You are still the worst team in August. The Rays and the Padres met up, and the Padres lost the series to the Rays. Cubs and the Phillies. This was crazy. This was my most shocking. The Phillies invited the Cubs to town and then swept them right away. Cubs lose all three games, getting outscored 32-8 to in the process, and Harper hitting an absolute walk-off bomb. Grand Slam to end it. There's some good pitching lines in this one, though, Jake. The Dodgers and Marlins, they played. Dodgers trunged. Dodgers trudged down to South Beach and beat up the Marlins, winning the first two games 15 to 1 and then 8 to 1. Then they went to the beaches, hit the town, did all the drugs in uh, South Beach, and gifted game three to the fish. Very nice wow. of the Dodgers. 
Nice. The Mets hosted the Braves and lost the first two games, then lost Jeff McNeil to the IL, then won the third despite trying their best to lose that one as well. Gave up like six runs in the last two innings, but held on. The Brewers split a two-game set with the Twins. Are these teams rivals, Jake? They're really close on the map, but I've never heard or thought of them as rivals in any way. Am I just completely, that's just off my radar? Another two-game interleague set. You guys know how I feel about those. Another one, the Cardinals and the Royals. They played two. Cardinals won both of them. That's what they're supposed to do. Good job by the Cardinals. They lost five in a row, and then they immediately won five in a row, and life is all about balance, Jake. A's and Giants met up for the Battle of the Bay Part 1. The A's ditched the town, headed to the city, and split two games with their counterpart. That is your National League report. Standings updates. Hell of a job. Standings update. Yesterday, or last episode, we were saying, wow, the Cubs, not only did they get first back, then they go up three games. They're back to dead even in the NL Central, tied with the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals are actually one game up in the loss column, um, and that uh, just remains chaotic. Milwaukee is one game out. So bad time for the Cubs to get swept, and uh, Dodgers are clearly in front. The Nationals, they won three games, and the Braves only won two. So the Nationals gain a little bit of ground. Uh, They're four games back in the loss column. It's closer than you might think, but the Braves seem to be holding on strong. They would need like a a real bad two series in a row or something to happen. And then wild cards getting crazy. They're all in play. They're all in play. Let's uh, I'm going to reverse engineer this a little bit and go go backwards from where you start. Battle of the Bay. Do we have anything to say there? You're a former Bay Area guy. Uh, yeah, this is cool. It's fun. Like this one, it's fun when they're like the Mets and the Yankees splitting four game sets home and home. It's fun. It just doesn't work out geographically everywhere, but that's, that's fun. The A's are, uh, I don't know. They're two teams. The A's are, should be in the wild card. We'll get to that in the American League report. The Giants are like hanging on, but not really. They're three and a half games out of the wild card. So yeah, that sounds good. There's six teams ahead of them, or five. So, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, and we'll, we'll get there a little bit because they, they'll get mentioned briefly in the AL report. Cardinals-Royals, not much to say there. Another Midwest battle, uh, good baseball cities. Royals are hurting. I think they actually got shut out in both games, and that, that will get mentioned briefly in the AL report. Good for the cards bouncing back. Twins-Brewers, Jim, you mentioned this in your in your – comma a breakdown of the nl there these these teams are kind of rivals you're right that upper that upper midwest um and jim if you think about it football wise we're talking packers packers vikings so yes i mean we we've got some animosity between these two fan bases especially they're both having good years and fighting and this i i wish this wasn't a two-game set jim because these two games were awesome um you had the uh, Hater got touched up by Marwin, caught me a Marwin, and then the next night our guy Trent Grisham uh, hits a hits the rookie hits a big home run uh, in the eighth inning to take the lead of that game. So that was that was really good baseball. Yeah, it was. Um, what else do we got here? I, Mets. That, that's always weird to me. 
It's always something we're not. I'm sure, like, for people in this area, it's going to sound stupid. Ooh, bless, bless me. Bl- bless me. Big sneeze. But when uh, I think everyone, the country's so big. I right. think everyone's got this with some way. But for some reason, the Minnesota area, I never connected their teams. Like when I was like, oh, Twins fans are Vikings fans. Yes. It's like, wow. So that same guy likes the Twins and the Vikings. And, and then so like when you say Vikings and Packers are rivals, I'm like, oh. Yeah. It's just a weird connected dots that happens in my brain that's like one plus one equals two. And I'm like, oh, shit. But I just never... Like thought of it. There's got to be people that are from that area probably have it with somewhere else. Like, what's another state that that you're like, wow, that fan base and that fan fan base are the same? Ooh, tough question. What fan bases are rivals that we don't know they're rivals? <laughs> like our our no, not rivals. Okay. Like if you live in the Falcons and the Braves, those are the same fan base. Right. Okay. So you're, so this is kind of like a, it's almost like a color scheme yeah. slash city association thing. Okay. Yeah. Like if you put all the MLB, NBA, football teams and hockey teams on a, like a map and you have to like group together. Right. Like, okay. So Florida Panther fans are also Tampa Bay Rays fans. Right. 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 No, that would be um, the Buck Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The yeah. lightning. Yeah, whatever. This is a weird conversation, but interesting. It's an interesting avenue. No, I, I I like it, but yeah, I think we need time to develop that more. Like if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, you're probably a Diamondbacks fan. But you kind of associate that because they're the Arizona team. Well, uh, yeah, maybe that's an off season thing. Um <laughs> Jim, a a series that we were really excited for, uh, one of the hottest teams in baseball versus the team that I'm now swooning over, Mets versus the Braves. Um some quality baseball action in this. Yeah. The Mets, they lost, they lose the first two, right? And, and one of those was in pretty tragic fashion. They were, they were up 2-1 in the seventh. Uh, kind of a, a couple bleeders. Uh, Seth Lugo, our guy who was on and Fuego last week. A uh, couple dribblers. He gives up a, a couple runs. So that was a tough loss for the Mets. Yeah, and like I feel like Met, I don't know, man. Mets fans are an odd fan base because they they just whoosh, up and down two yeah. sides of the weight. And I feel like you know you see some Mets fans they lose two and zero, and they're like, oh, magic is over. But they're they're still in it. Uh, but like we said, the Braves are good. They're not this young fun team that's excited to be where they are they're a good team and i think you and i both started on that way and now are firm like now the Braves are good so yeah yeah. the mets like oh they so they were down five to one and they in the eighth inning they score two in game game one so i mean that doesn't do much but that still shows like fight yeah and i mean that's that's what the braves showed in the last game oh my god i i flipped over to that Mets Mets were up 10-4 in the ninth, and I was like, should I even watch? And I was like, you know what? I'll throw it on uh, just for shits and giggles. And then they hit three home runs. It's 10-8. They have to pull Gagnon, uh, and they put in Edwin Diaz with two outs. 
Uh, he walks the first batter on four pitches. Tying run comes to the dish in what was a 10-4 game. And then he strikes out the next batter. And honestly, at, at this point, because we don't, we don't really root against any guys, Jim. You know, I kind of hope that sparks Edwin Diaz, man. Because when he was good, he was so good. And he's been so bad. And that's also one of the beauty of baseball things. Like, what if that one out like kind of gets Edwin Diaz going? That would be huge for the Mets. But it was a it was a crazy night. Uh, the 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 old chop was going in Atlanta. Um, but Braves just hold serve again. It's what they do. They uh, that's game three you're talking about, right? Yes. So I was going to note that in game two, the Braves were up uh, one nothing, right? Going into the seventh inning, the Mets take the lead to make it two to one. Then the Braves score five to make it five to or six to two. And in the bot in the top of the ninth, the Mets put together a two run rally. Now it falls short. And yeah. like, for a lot of people, you might say that like, that doesn't mean anything. But I think to the clubhouse and to the morale of the team, the fact they lost the first two games, but they put up runs in the eighth and ninth inning, the Cubs can say, hey, we lost, but like we we kept that same energy and momentum and like we were right back giving it to them so i think it's 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 nice to work to make note of that and then they do have the close game where they try to lose it third game i'm still on the mets i'm not saying like i still think the mets put up a good effort the braves are just a good team right and body language does matter and there's there's been good stuff amongst the mets and you do have to take a step back yes you want to keep your crazy streak going but you're at Atlanta. You're still seven and three in your last ten. You're doing good things. So yeah, don't uh the, the house of cards hasn't collapsed on the Mets yet. Um, Jim, I think Dodgers Marlins. I there's only I've got one fun note from that. Edwin Rios. He hit his first major league home run. Got the silent treatment, which I know you're getting away from. But the yeah, cool I think part. I think it's brutal. Celebrate with the guy who just hit his first career home run. That dude wants to unleash and go crazy, and I'd much rather watch that than him be like, damn, this sucks, wish I could celebrate with you guys. Right, but that's the beauty of the silent treatment. You let that moment boil for just five more seconds when they come in the dugout, and then you all celebrate with them. I like, my favorite silent treatment thing is when the guy like comes bombing into the dugout, and he's like, fuck, I don't care. I'm celebrating with you, and starts grabbing them and like shaking them, you know, because he can't, yeah, he can't like, fake that like oh okay this is and that's ho-hum. a good moment from the silent treatment yeah um uh, but edwin rios he hits his first career major league home run and he's like this is so fun i'll do it again fits his first two home runs in the same game so that's pretty cool that um, is pretty cool let's see cubs phillies i think that's kind of that might be the series of the week should we make that a segment jim are we dumb um i mean do we just say it is that how it works that's a series of the week that's a series of the week okay and we did it good segment um I don't know. Are we are we gonna save that for kind of like a main topic, or do we want to go in now, or what? Uh, no, there's some things that like fall into other segments down the line, but this was huge for the Phillies and bad, yeah. for, the, bad for the Cubs. And th- like I said, there's some good yeah. pitching performances in this, and, and the way the third game ended. I mean, wow! If you have, I'm gonna do a breakdown on it later. If you right. haven't watched it, you, it's it's fucking it's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's so funny how many stats there are nowadays, and you know people people were kind of down on Bryce Harper's year. I think he's got 
top five win probability added in his at-bats or something like that. So, like, Bryce is still kind of doing his thing. And Bryce, he's now – this is kind of the second year in a row. He started a little slow, and maybe he's putting together a big second half. That would be huge for the Phillies. They bring in Charlie Manuel, their former manager, which that's pretty cool. Uh, he's their hitting coach now. And he's uh, he's got these old man vibes going on, but they're technically undefeated since he's there. So you can kind of rally around that as a team. Um, and Jim, on the other side of this, uh, our Cubbies that we've been kind of hot to hot to trot on. Jim, something big we kind of missed on on the Cubbies. And, you know, as we start going into October, well, we'll get to September first, I guess. But you're looking for kind of holes in these teams. And I, I think it's funny when you think about matchups in sports, you normally think football. Oh, that left tackle can't handle that defensive end. That's going to be a nightmare. Or they can't guard that wide receiver. Basketball, seven-game set, same thing. We don't have a matchup for that guy. The Cubbies, man, I mean, every team, you know, every team's got their problems, whether it's bullpen, starting pitching, hitching, uh, hitting. Dude, Jimmy, the Cubs on the road this year are 23-38. and 38. 23 and 38 is that good or bad jake that's so bad and like that's uh, i i'm sorry the cubbies but uh, unless you show me something the next month and a half like i have i can have no belief in you because you're not gonna do anything on the road why do you think that is i wonder i mean i don't know that's um that's like too in deep for me to like have a, a grip on that but cubs fans who watch every day is it just I mean, the Cubs put together a good product as a fan, like as a crowd and a fan in the environment, but the Cubs don't the have Col a huge park factor, right? Jim, the Pittsburgh Pirates are 26 and 38 on the road. They're better. I mean, uh, Cubs fans come tweet at us at John Boy at Talking Jake if, you, if there's something we're missing. Uh, for me right now, it jumps out as like just a mental hurdle. Like, you just go on a road trip now, and you're like, damn, we, we struggle on the road, hope we can get one, and then that one bad thing happens, and you're done. Yeah. That is that is pretty brutal. But you, uh, Darvis, talk about him later. There's a lot of little things yeah, in that we, series that fall into other segments. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we're not done with that series yet. Series we are kind of done. Well, I'll mention it briefly. Rays Padres, man. I you'll see, it in, you'll see it in the AL report, but I was like – digging for something to talk about because I didn't want to be rude to the Raisin Padres, but it's kind of a whole lot of, uh. did you hear what I said about that one? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I was laughing cause I'm kind of on the same note. <laughs> so if anyone doesn't remember, and if you're a Patreon, we post our notes and I posted them yeah. before the show today. So you can follow along. I am adding some things right now that you won't get, but uh, I had like, you know, little lines about each series and for the Rays and Padres, I said the Padres lost the series to the Rays. Because yeah. there was like nothing, there was no good standout performance by a batter. So there might be things that happened, uh, right. but the line scores are brutal. I know that uh, Kinsler pitched a scoreless inning and then hit a home run, but that's not really, I mean, that, that's not really indicative of play. Yeah. It's just a, ni a nice Luis Urias RBI double, um, but that's tough to work in <laughs> sometimes. Um, let's see, Pirates Angels, another one that's, I mean that's that's kind of tough right now. Both those teams are doing pretty bad. They're they're both waiting for next year. Those those yep. fan bases are pivoting to the NFL and they're allowed to. Yes, that's a good that's a great call. That's that's Pirates um that's Pirates and like 
Chargers season now? Who who do Angels fans like? See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is the game. Angels fans. Steelers and Angels fans. They're, you probably get a lot of Raiders from their time do in like, L.A. Do they like golf? Are they golf god people? The young kids might have taken on the Rams, and then you might get a lot yeah. of Raiders because the, the L.A. still has a big Raiders. Right. It's probably Dodgers, Rams. Whew. Um, who thought we'd circle back on that talk? Um, D-backs, Rockies. Uh, again, Rockies are scrapping for whatever they can. The Arenado walk-off was pretty cool. Uh, really turned on one off Archie Bradley. We like that. That's a good. That's a good pitcher versus a good hitter. Uh, I think everyone walk-off. hates Archie Bradley, but I don't. And I like Dodgers, but I know I know Dodgers fans hate Archie Bradley. And, and if I was a Dodger fan, I probably would too, because he's always mouthing off and talking. He's bad. Something about Archie Bradley, I'm like drawn to for some reason. Yeah, a lot of beard, a lot of emotion. Uh, that's like you. I mean. You you have less beard and you're emotional in different ways, but okay. <laughs> okay, we danced around it. It was close. Okay, dance. Uh, and yeah, only 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 series we've missed so far: Reds and the Nats, and and your Nats sweep. When Jim, know it, know how we like looking forward to a certain series. We got juiced up for the Twins Indians. I need a Braves National Series soon. Isn't that happening soon? I mean, it's got to be right. Yeah. Uh. They don't have that many games left. If I remember, I was like upset because I because the Twins and the Indians had a ton, and I was really excited. I think they have two series left against each other. Yeah, so the the Braves host the Nationals for four games in early September, and then okay. the Braves go to Washington. So, okay, so we've got two series. I'll take that. If you're the Nationals, right? Your season starts on September 5th, four games against the Braves. And how do you want to be in punching distance by then, Jake? Right. That would be their goal. So they have a series against the Brewers, then four against Pittsburgh, then three against the Cubs, Baltimore, Miami, Mets. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. 18 games. Right. Brewers at home. You got to win the series. Sure. You almost have to sweep Pittsburgh, which you can't really count on. But I think you have to in this situation. If you're going for the division, you got to sweep Pittsburgh. In this time of the year, yeah. So that's two wins, four wins. At Cubs, we know the Cubs are good at home. Uh, I'll allow them to just win one game there. So we're at seven wins. Then Baltimore comes to town for two. You have to win both of those. That's nine. Miami comes to town for three. You have to win all three of those. So that's 12 games out of 18. And then you got three against the Mets, and the Mets are coming to you. You have to win two of those. I need the Nationals to win 16 of their next 18 games. Oh. I think I did the math at the end wrong there. Yeah. They need they need uh, to they need to take advantage. They need to go into that series in Atlanta on September fifth with four games or, or less. Jim, I think I've I've got one thing for you to be super excited about, and I've got one thing that you're not gonna be excited about. What do you want first? Not excited about. Not excited about a really important series, the final series of the season for the Nationals is at home versus Cleveland, which might be really important for both of those teams. 
and it's kind of one of those quirky interleague matchups that you're like, okay, that's a little odd. So it's at Nationals are home? Nationals are home versus Cleveland. So let's see how that that will fuck Cleveland. Who's their DH right now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Carlos Santana, who we might hear about later. Yeah. has been DHing a lot for them and Fran Mil Reyes actually so that's that's not a that's not crippling because Carlos can play a little first base but yeah um, I mean if Carlos yeah I mean if Carlos and Fran Mill are hot and you have to sit one of them because you're ending your season and that that sucks that sucks yeah um okay but I have good news for you Jim you're right that was not exciting I because I, I know you don't like that but I have good news for you Jim what's the good news before that the Phillies come to Washington. For a five-game set, it was a four-game set, but they're doing a doubleheader. So we're going to get five Phillies national games the week leading up to the playoffs, which could decide so much. Need that to matter. Yeah, and if I think the, it if, will. If we get to that five-game set and it doesn't matter, that's going to be so disappointing. Holy shit. Yeah. The Phillies have a nice little schedule here. San Diego Padres, Boston, Miami, Pittsburgh. I mean, you have to win every series if you're the Phillies. I mean, you just swept the Cubs, but if you're going, you're hosting the Padres and then the Red Sox, Miami, Pittsburgh, all non-contenders. I mean, I'll allow you to lose a game, but you need to win every series. Red Sox fans aren't going to like you calling them non-contenders after this week, Jim. (sighs) Okay. Well, they are. I mean... They might be like, if they're climbing like out of a ditch, their fingers right. may have hit the, the 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 top of the grass or whatever, you know? Right. And that's about where they are. That still doesn't make them a contender, but their fingernails have seen fresh air. They still got to pull themselves out of a ditch. Well, let's get some of that AL fresh air, huh? All right. Yeah, let's go to the AL report. Jake Storielli with your AL report. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Jim- Jimmy, in the American League, the New York Yankees devastate the AAA Baltimore Orioles, winning four games in three days, 16 straight. That's not a typo. 16 straight wins against the Baltimore Orioles. Sad times in Beemore. Glad the Yankees totally didn't get killed by Cleveland last night because we only talk about the first series of the week. Speaking of the Indians, who totally didn't wreck the Yankees last night because we only talk about the first series of the week, they hosted the Boston Red Sox. Oh, my God. The Sox took two out of three. Scrapping and clawing, Jim. Scrapping and clawing. Puig was suspended. Half credit. The Rays, they were in San Diego. Uh, They win two games before dropping the final, Jim, as we talked about. I just highlighted who homered. Choi Meadows Garcia and Fam Homer. That's it. Uh, San Diego, Tampa. Sorry, guys. Views from the six as Toronto hosted Texas. The Blue Jays devastate the Rangers, Jim. Game one, they win 19 to 4, and then they shut out Texas game two. So, okay, you almost give up a 20 burger, then you get shut out. Brutal. Rangers recovered. <laughs> they win the final game of the set. In the Central, you heard about the Windians losing to Boston. Minnesota, they played two of the more fun games this weekend with the Brewers. You heard about that rivalry between the, t- <laughs> between the Vikings and the Bears. Some good late-inning heroics in that one. 
The White Sox, Jimmer Fredette. The White Sox hosted the Astros for three games in two days after a rainout. They split the doubleheader. Then the White Sox win the rubber match on a James I'm Not Brian McCann grand salami to break up a 9-9 tie in the eighth. Awesome action in the south side. The Royals get shut out in back-to-back games against St. Louis. That's tough. Tigers host the Mariners. Big shout-out to everyone who went to those games. Holy Toledo. Mariners take two out of three. Jim, who got the win for the Tigers in the one game they won? Edwin Jackson. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Illegal. Illegal. In the West, you know Houston got beat by the lowly White Sox. You know Texas got bullied by the Blue Jays. You know Seattle beat the Tigers. You know Oakland split in the Bay with San Fran. And you know the Halos lost two out of three in the Pirates. Everyone in the West got covered. Not the best week for the AL West. Ooh. Wow. So I like that. So, Jim, in your, in your American League standings, Yanks are up nine and a half on the Rays. Twins are up a half game on the Indians. They're trying to fight through without Nelson Cruz right now. Houston is up eight and a half on the Athletics and in the wild card. Currently, Cleveland is up two games on Tampa, and Oakland is a game and a half back. They, uh, Oakland, not getting nervous, but maybe getting nervous. I think, I think uh, right now at this present moment, people like to lock you into thoughts forever. Sure. Okay reserve the right to change my mind next episode right this episode i think the indians and the twins have division and wild card locked up both of those are making both those teams are making the playoffs that's what my brain's telling me rays and a's are going to have a battle and the rays and a's don't play each other again this season which really disappoints me right what do you feel about that yeah i think uh because i i think i mentioned this last episode i think minnesota has the easiest schedule the rest of the way uh, so they're they're not going to go anywhere, I don't think. And the Indians are playing incredible baseball. Again, uh, they totally didn't wreck the Yankees last night because we're only talking about the first series this week. But the Indians are playing some of the base, best baseball in the league, so it's hard to picture them just hitting the off switch, especially after the trade deadline. They made their lineup so much deeper. Um, so, yeah, just it feels like the A's and the Rays are racing each other. Um, and yeah, you, you wonder, I mean, can one bad series dictate things? Is, is it an injury or, you know, can, are both teams just going to keep pace and, uh, the A's, I don't want to say they get screwed, but if, if the Rays just keep, you know, winning most of their series and keep trucking on, you wonder if that game and a half is just tough to make up. I want them all to be in there. Let Not everybody true. in. Not true. Uh, as an AL East fan, a Yankee fan, I don't want the Rays to make the wild card. Uh, and that's just petty sp- spite. Like, the Rays are a good Whew. team. I don't think they don't deserve it. It's just more fun to say you're the only team from your division that got into the postseason. That's a more fun thing to claim. You can't get mad at me for that. Yeah, I guess the other the other side of the shoe on that. Is that a saying? would be that if the Rays make the playoffs, the Yankees can say their division was that much better, you know? Oh, that's a nice spin. Yeah. Two spins. Great. We got two good things to say whether they make it or not. Spin cycle. Yeah. You know what I actually, what my uh, brain jumped to first here, Jake? Where'd your brain jump, Jim? That the Blue Jays won. 
Is that what you said? Yeah, so the Blue Jays, Jim, and I thought you were actually going to like this because, dude, they won the first game 19-4, to which I know 19 doesn't overly impress you because you start getting to pitchers that don't deserve to be in the game. Once, but, Jim, once, when you, yes, yeah. when you win that first game 19-4 to and you come and you shut them out the next day, that's about as tough as it gets. I, uh... I'm interested to see how much this Blue Jays team can play spoiler. They're so young, and they're yeah. s- they're the hungriest team that's out of a race, I think. Ooh, I might like that moniker. Like hungriest team like, out of the race. Out of all the teams that are playing for nothing right now, the Blue Jays are the hungriest. Like right, I don't. They're, they're, you see they're that lo- they're yeah. They're looking at their future, where other teams are looking at their season kind of end. Yes. So. I'm looking at the Blue Jays schedule. They uh they host the Mariners. That's that's whatever. They go to LA. I mean, that'd be cool if they can give them a a series, the Blue Jays. And I think they might be able to. The Dodgers are so good. So I'm not trying to insult Dodgers. I'm just saying the Blue Jays are out to spoil seasons and they can't spoil the Dodgers season, but I'm just interested to see Vladdy, Bichette, uh Cavan they're baseball players, and now they get to go to Los Angeles and play against the Dodgers in, like, kind of a big stage for them. That's going to be yeah. exciting. Teoscar, yeah. And, Jim, I think uh, the only other team that I think would give them a fight would be Cincinnati because they made the Bauer trade, and they're trying to build up towards next year, yeah, too. Yeah, but they're not doing, um, like, much. But, yeah, they're not super young kids either. And that's uh, – Toronto, the, the thing for them, Jim, is they're starting pitching. If they can get a decent start – their bullpen is still good, and they've got these kids that are absolute players. So, um, and again, like the Dodgers <laughs> could ruin your starting pitching real quick. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if the Blue Jays do make something out of that because those those dudes are good. So, like the Blue Jays. All right, if you are a fan of the Nationals, the right. Blue Jays can help you out. They have four games against the Braves. So this is what we're doing. We're I'm labeling the Blue Jays as Ooh. my team that's going to spoil and help your team. So these are the teams that need to get down yeah, with the Jim, Blue Jays the rest of the way. All right, so if you are a Nationals fan, you're a Blue Jays fan for the rest of the season. You need them to beat Atlanta twice, all right? You don't play them if you're the Nationals. So you're yeah, rooting for I, the Blue Jays to beat Atlanta Jim, I don't, four I, games. I, I, I don't want to slam the brakes on you. I think this is an incredible segment we might have to save for another episode. Well, let's, I, ri- I think- let's ride it out right now. Okay. And then we can we – can, it's cool. Like There's, what I think when I think if we sink our teeth into this, we can really like make some fan bases line up, and I think that's a lot of fun. Okay, all right. If you're an A's fan, you're a Blue Jays fan. They have seven games left against the Tampa Bay Rays. Now that's a real wow. one. If like you, that's awesome. If that's you awesome. are an A's fan, you are a huge Toronto Blue Jays fan the rest of the season. A's and Jays. Yeah. That's big. One of, one of our graphic designer listeners write out J's in the Blue Jays letters, but make the A's the athletic symbol. Yeah. So if you're a Yankees fan, the Blue Jays play three games against Houston. Uh, so you want them to win that. But also, if you're a Yankees fan, you really got to cover your own butts because the Yankees play six more games. So really, yeah. Houston fans, you are Blue Jays fans. You're right. For that best record in baseball. <laughs> We can find another team to do this and who needs to align for like next week. But yeah, that's something cool that I stumbled into. A's fans yeah, are I like that. huge Blue Jays fans. A's and J's unite. So, someone tweeted us, John Boy talking Jake. 
And we need one A's fan and a Blue Jays fan on the internet to become friends. That's that's your goal for this weekend. <laughs> but I did also want to make a note, and someone in the chat, uh, Jim Montgomery, pointed out, because we have been kind of like saying this race, Padres games was boring. Tatis is exciting, man. He had a triple, and then he had that snag. Did you see that where he jumped and basically yeah. then got air after getting air? He's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. I'll, I'll label him the most exciting rookie in baseball right now because he's a five-way player, and he's so young. Five-way? Five-tool. Special teams, offense, defense, yeah, right. pitching, right. hitting. Five-way player. Shut up, dummy. Be cool. Uh, I do think Alonzo is going to win Rookie of the Year, though. Just, to, just I, I don't know. I don't know who I'd vote for, but I mean, I just, I think home runs are more impressive, and a contending team's more impressive, and the way that Alonzo has become like kind of the leader of yeah. this team. And the problem with Rookie of the Year is we did this last year with Otani and uh, Anduar. There it's are story. there are no stipulations on what it means right. to be the Rookie of the Year. Like, there's no, like, it means you had the best statistical season. That doesn't say that anywhere. Otani no. didn't have the best statistical season, but he was the best the story. story. He was, like, hey, which rookie was talked about the most? Which rookie, you know, that was his rookie year over yeah. anyone else's, and he got the vote. It was kind of shitty the way they do it, but because I, I thought Otani deserved it last year because he was, like, it was like, fuck. Yeah. No one's done this before. So I'll, I'll I'll say this. I'll backpedal a little bit. I think you're right. I mean, just pure storyline because they're having ve- almost equal years and a lot of different metrics. It's tough, tough comparing the speedy shortstop to the kind of meatball polar head first baseman in a lot of ways. But uh, Jim, I'd say the next month and a half. I, I mean, if the Mets slide and Alonzo is meh, I think Tatis could snag it very easily. If the Mets stay in it the whole way and Alonzo's a big part of it, I think you're right. He he would get it because of that. And I think because it's not strictly numbers and it's more storyline and everything, the home run derby blooms large, which Padres fans will tell you that should not be taken into consideration when right. saying the best rookie of the year because who cares about an exhibition game? But I'm telling you, it's voted on by story. That's like how a lot of guys do it. So be prepared. It doesn't mean Tatis didn't have a fantastic, fantastic season and you're not set up for the future. So there you go. That's my thoughts on that. Anything else in the AL? Uh, Jim, I think the only thing we haven't really touched upon that needs to uh, the Yankees dominate the Orioles. That was unfair. Um, Jim, the White Sox, they take down Houston, man. And, uh, and I know you and I on Talking Yanks have been pretty big on that the Yankees are now racing Houston for the best record. That's a tough one for Houston. Um, and a huge grand slam tied at nines in the eighth inning. James McCann, who's having a really nice year. Um, but that's the only thing that really jumps off the page. Yeah. Well, good for the White Sox. I'm not going to I'm not gonna say anything for fear that it comes slapping right back in my face. Because uh, the Yankees just lost Game One to the Indians, so <laughs> the Indians are better than the White Sox. But still, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like this happens. Uh, I mean, dude, the Astros had won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in a row, and now they won and one win in their last five games. Yeah, dude, and it's I think I, I think they're having some bullpen troubles because uh, that's that's what clipped them in. 
the start of their Oakland series coming up, but that'll be Monday. Oh, I, I wanted to check on something, and we wanted to make this a segment as well. But check on something. We haven't. Uh, when are we going to do the official? Is it going to be at the end of August? We'll do the official pieces that got traded. How are they doing for their teams, their new teams? Yeah, I like that. I think, Jim, what we're what we're stumbling into right now is that major storylines aren't always a thing. So where we where we have the major storyline segment, we should do a segment like which fan bases should team up or trade deadline check I have, something like that. I have an idea that this should be a behind the scenes meeting idea, but we okay. always here we're we pretty are. transparent with how we operate. Curtain open. I think that we should make those major segments separate episodes like just a 20 minute what fan base one fan bases should align episode so Ooh, that maybe not a full episode so it's not crazy work but like right at the end of august we do like a 30 minute show all the pieces that get traded i think those will do really well as like youtube videos and then we'll give them to the podcast audience so this is very back okay. behind the scenes okay look at if, that if you think that's a good idea otherwise we mix them into this show and our 15 becomes our 40 probably well column a little column b <laughs> all right so what spawned that is i want to see how granky's done since being moved over two games six innings pitch right. torn runs both times good job zach granky whoo all right, party. Are, are we done with uh, the reports? I think we're just going into the second half of the show, which is segments, right? Yeah, man, I think so. And I think uh, there's no major storylines unless we want to say something else about the like the Phillies bringing it and the Cubs dropping. I think those are the major storylines, but we kind of hit that. Yeah, we talked about that. We need. I need my damn soundboard. It's, I think I just need to buy a new laptop because I want – it feels when we're done with the reports and the storylines – to move on right. to the segments, we need like a sound effect or a breather. What sound do you want, man? I'm, a, I'm made of sounds. Uh, yeah, give me. I, I'm Googling like moving on quotes from shows. Like here's one from Parks and Rec. <laughs> wow, what a terrible sound bite. Whoa. Terrible. Okay. Trying to do like, oh, oh, here's a Jeopardy one from SNL. Okay. This might be good. Hold on, guys. Stay with me. This is terrible. It's tough. It's tough, but I've already dug in, and that's the problem. I know. That's tough. And that makes you more upset, and now the page isn't loading. But this is Will, F Will Ferrell doing Trebek. Okay. Moving on. I like that one. Moving might use that one. All right. In the future, when I get my soundboard back, which won't be forever. Moving on. I like it. To the yeah. segments, Jake. The segments, right. and we open up with standout performances. Standout performance, Jim. We went into standout performance without having strict guidelines. Like, it can be a team, right. it can be a bullpen. It can be we're kind of finding that it's, it's, this is one game only. It's what we're kind of finding, right? Yeah, I like I like to because you can if someone has a good series, you could go in fuego. Yeah, I, uh, I I I like standout performance as one guy that did something special. I guess someone someone else could surprise me. It's not it's not strict, but mainly you and I have been doing it. It's one one game. This dude. Yeah, this was his game. Who was who who had that game for you this week, Jim? Uh, well, I have two here, and. I, I, I feel like I should pivot to the second, but I wrote so many notes on the first, so I'm just going to give both, and you can shove it up your butt. All right? Sure. Ivan Nova, 
I know yeah. that he's not pitching for anything, but I gave him the standout performance like two episodes ago, and then I gave him in Fuego. Another complete game with zero earned runs, Jake. Yeah. He's on an insane run, and this one was against the Houston Astros. Yeah. He only allowed four hits. It was the second game of a doubleheader, so saving the pen was pretty huge. And actually, I checked the next game, Jake. The White Sox won again. They used five guys out of the bullpen. Would they have been able to do that if Nova didn't give them a complete game the night before? Who knows? That's the domino effect you have with pitching right. and bullpens. He goes nine, in, nine innings, one unearned run. It was uh, a guy went to hit a single, went to second on the throw, and then the next guy hit a single, and that guy scored, so he wouldn't have scored. Um, six, one, two, three innings versus the Astros. That's impressive. In his last five starts... Ivan Nova is 5-0 and with a 0.49 ERA and a 159 batting average against. In 37 innings, he's allowed two earned runs. This is like a really impressive stretch. Ivan yeah. no fun, very, very much being Ivan fun. Very fun. And Jim, he's, I mean, he's probably got seven starts left this season. And as you just mentioned, his past five have been incredible. 37 innings pitch, a .49 ERA. That's insane. If my dude can string together seven, I mean, not even necessarily great, but serviceable starts, Ivan Nova's a free agent this offseason. Homie might get paid. Dude, how awesome would it be? If Ivan Nova is putting together this stretch and he didn't change anything mechanically or grip or like pitch mix, it's just like, well, I don't know. It's fucking right. working. And then he goes into the yeah. off season and the agent just spreads like wildfire. No, he's got this new grip. He changed a bunch. Like this is going to be continued oh, yeah. success. It's this is a new Ivan Nova. He changed something and gets a huge contract, but it's like really was just five luckiest fuck games. Well, and that's uh. I mean, Jim, again, five starts ago, his ERA was 5.86. I mean, almost a six ERA. Uh, and now we're here today. It's down to 4.51, which isn't great. Jim, I'd say the only thing, and, you know, I, I haven't watched all these games, and he has been really good. His BABIP is 168 right now, which, um, you know, normally that number's a lot higher. But, hey, ride it out through the rest of the season uh, Ivan, because you could get paid, man. Yeah. I mean, and the likelihood, is, likeliness is that he is like more healthy now, or he did change something because he's stringing together a lot of good results versus good clubs yeah. too. But I think it's funny if he was like, they were like, Ivan, what did you change? Like, we want to like start selling you to teams, and he's like, oh, nothing. I was just, I was just getting real lucky. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna tell everyone that you changed a grip on your slider. <laughs> yeah, it's working. The other guy that actually deserves it more because we should promote we should promote players that need to be promoted, and Ivan Nova doesn't. He's past that shine. Hey, Dev we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> he changed the grip. Devers. Yeah. Rafael Devers went six for six, yeah. Jake, with four doubles uh, against the Angels. And, I mean, talking about a guy who owns a game, that's yeah. probably the most owned game this week. Uh I looked up. I wanted to see the counts. I don't know why. I'm always interested in what counts the hits came on. So the first one was a 2-2 two, two, two RBI double, then a two-strike leadoff single, then a two-strike leadoff double, then a two-strike RBI double. So the first four hits all came with two strikes. I think that's impressive. And then the fifth hit, also two strikes, one-two single. The sixth hit was a 1-0 fastball. Uh, but four doubles and 
five of the hits came on two strikes. Is that impressive to you? Is that something worth sharing? No, that is impressive, Jim, because I, I know Gio Urshela, who's been swooned around the league lately uh, for our Yanks, uh, you know, I think he's leading the lead in two strikes batting average and he's approaching 300. So right there, you just said that's five at bats to start <laughs> that Devers had two strikes and he ended up getting a hit. That's insane. So because um, I if, think if I think the MLB, I think the MLB average, if you have two strikes on you, is hitting like 170. Yeah, I know. Yo, So if you're the pitcher and the catcher and the coach and he comes up in his first at bat and he hits a two strike RBI double. Right. Then in his second at bat, you get him 0-2. You're like, all right, cool. Let's let's get this guy out now. Uh-uh. Two strike single. Now he comes up in his third. You're like, fuck. This guy got me the last two times. I don't know if it's the same pitcher. But then you get it. Like every time you got him two strikes. I can just imagine myself when I would play like intense wiffle ball games versus you and my brother. And like two strike hits crippling me. Oh, yeah. And now it's, I just compared. I will compare my wiffle ball games. It was duct tape wiffle ball sure. to MLB for the rest of my life. So if you plan on listening to podcasts where I talk, you're just going to have to accept that. Yeah, Jim. And he, he was the third youngest player to ever have six hits in a game. Uh, that's insane. Uh, Joe Morgan. And uh, I think it was it was one of the Alus. I think it was maybe Felipe Alu. Uh, and Jim, the, the other thing that's crazy is, Jim, this was the game that went into extras with the Indians. Um, you know, and this, you know, this essentially decided the series. So, yeah, and he uh, he had the big hit in extras. It was a bullet, too. Um, just one of those liners that ends up getting to the wall that you're like, oh, my God. Like, that was, that was two feet over the second baseman's head, but it one-hopped the wall. Uh, we good. had a good note. Another good note from the chat. <laughs> Hayden Cart. Watching live, patron, appreciate the support. He gave me a good note. Rafael Devers in his last two series versus the Angels and Indians, 464, average 535 on base percentage. And, Jim, we, we, uh, we're going to have to dig into awards because I know they don't get us jazzed up as much as other people. Um, just because, like you said, with the rookie of the year, like a lot of it's arbitrary, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if Devers is in the running for most improved player because he leads the league in hits, doubles, RBIs, and total bases right now. And it, I mean, he had a 731 OPS last year. So I, I'm excited to kind of sink my teeth into that because I, I think just off I, the top of my head and watching him, he's so improved. So I, I think I'm, I'm pretty locked in. I mean, I'll get your candid answer to the mini episodes and like a rookie of the year yeah. discussion will be, a like mi- will be a mini episode come the end of September because the recap episodes Monday and Friday are going to be so full of shit yeah. when it's really coming down to the end. So idea we had on the show. And uh, when you have those, you guys hear about it and we kind of are more to have to commit to it, which is why smart people do it behind the scenes. So full of shit. Um, okay, Jim. Nice, nice uh, standout performances. Who's your standout? Sorry, I did too. I had to. It's okay. I, I appreciate it. I, I, I want Devers and in Fuego, but he, he can get it. He can get it. I'm proud of him. Two strike thing is cool, Jim. Hel- hellacious research. Thank you. By you. Thank you. Um, Jim, my standout performance, and this one pertains to a game, it pertains to a series, it pertains to a season. 
Glaber Torres, uh, the the middle infielder for the New York Yankees, mostly second base when Didi's around, but he has played a lot of shortstop this year too. Jim, another 22-year-old, by the way. Uh, Jim, in, in his one game, that would be a standout performance. He went three for four with three runs, two homers, six RBIs, one walk and one intentional walk. My dude got the Barry Bonds treatment. And Jimmy, do you know why he got the Barry Bonds treatment? I know you do. 17 games started versus Baltimore this year. Glaber Torres, the 22-year-old middle infielder, has 13 home runs, 394, 467 on base, a one-dot, 5-1-2 OPS. And Jimmy, I started writing down the accolades because there was a a lot of them, but I just brought up a whole article that listed them because that's a lot easier work for me. Jim, 13 homers. (laughs) 13 credit, homers versus... Credit, credit the article writer. Let's credit the article. Sarah Langs. She does great stuff. Okay. Um, Sarah Langs. So this is on uh, MLB.com, but Sarah Langs. Uh, Jim, 13 homers versus the Orioles this season. Most by a player against a single opponent in the divisional era since 1969. 13 homers versus the Orioles. Tied for the second most by a player against a single opponent in MLB history. Lou Gehrig is number one. You remember how he torched Cleveland in 1936? It was embarrassing. Torres is the first player since Roger Maris in 1961 versus the White Sox with 13 homers against a single opponent. Torres's five multi-homer games versus the Orioles are the most by a player in a single season against an opponent ever, <laughs> ever. Uh, and by the way, his 50 career home runs are the third youngest by any Yankees player to reach that mark. Um, and he's, uh, I, I mean, there's Jim, I'm skipping some, there's like five more, but I, I, I'm, I'm already killing it. And I don't need people coming at me with the Yankees bias. And I get it. The Orioles, as I well admit, are the worst pitching staff. It's a minor league, December. minor league pitching staff. We, we gave last week, we gave no one credit for hitting off them. So like it's. It, no, you don't get too much credit, but no one has put up the numbers Glaber has. So of all the people that have done well against Baltimore's pitching, Glaber is the top of, of that pile. Of and, all the people that have gotten to feast on any bad pitching ever, Glaber Torres has set a lot of the record. So, uh, and again, the fact that he's a 22-year-old middle infielder who's improved on all of his numbers from last year. I know Yankees fans were getting mad because MLB Network posted that graphic of all the young, good players in baseball, and it was like, Vladito, Acuna, my guy. How have I not mentioned Acuna yet? He had an incredible series. Did you see that home run he robbed? Anyways, 40-40 club, ESPN on the sleeve. Jim, Glaber Torres is one of the best young players in baseball, not Yankees biased. Check him out. He's a lot of fun, and I know something you and I enjoy is he's totally the team's little brother, mm-hmm. like to an incredible degree. Like he came back from injury at the end of a baseball game, and he walked through the dugout, and it was the most little brother moment you've ever seen. He's just giggling and smiling like everyone's punching him on the way by. And the other thing we like is that he is 22. He kind of wears his emotions on his sleeve, even though he doesn't want to. So if he makes an error, he looks like a sad puppy dog. And if he does something good, he's like a happy puppy dog. It's He's a lot of fun to watch. It sounds like a reach. Like, uh, everyone's happy and sad at times. And everyone, like, the puppy dog's just like a cliche. No, no, no. It's, it, <laughs> no, it's, it could be on, like, the how cute is this puppy dog instagram feeds and you'd be like is that a human or is that a dog right it's pretty it's pretty good 
All right. So that's your standout performance? That's my standout performance, James. Good for you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm updating. I'm, I've, I've, I've updated as I've went in this episode, so I'm updating the notes for the patrons, and some people said okay. they liked them. But next up, Jake, are you ready? Next up. Slump watch. All right, we got a slump watch here. Dude, did you see the breakdown of uh, Seattle Mariners, the ump? He was like the most mic'd up ump you've ever heard yelling at the Seattle bench coach. I did not. Uh, you got you love his accent. Sounds like Porky the Pig. Okay. What's that? It's a ump. It's a real ump. It's a human being in 2019. What's that? It's a crazy I do accent. Like that. I really liked it. All right. The Red Sox have been on slump watch. They won a series versus the Indians. They took two out of three after being walked off in game one. So they won it the hard way. Good job, Red Sox. You are off. Against a really good team, too. Good job, Red Sox. So you're off slump watch. Okay, Jake, this one's so interesting to me. Adam Duvall has been on slump watch, and we said he needed one more day. We said he was off slump watch today. Right. It was either he goes off slump watch because he did good or he goes, you're just not that good watch. And his line right. in the two games he played is so confusing. One for right. three with a walk and a hit by pitch. Yeah. So three for five is the on-base percentage, but Jim, one for three. Easy I, for me. This is a positive he gets off slump watch because, Jim, there's a lot of different ways you could get off slump watch. Taking one for the team is Ooh. definitely one of them. So that hit by pitch is huge for me. <laughs> I've got him off in a positive. I hope he, I hope he leaned into it. I hope he gave the old Roger Dorn try. I didn't see it. <laughs> I hope he leaned into it. Really like that. Good just, job, Adam. Just reaches Duvall. out, catches the ball, throws it back, takes his base. You don't get a clap, but you you get off on a, on a high note. You don't get a You get like uh, the Don Draper nod. like. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, job. good for you, kid. John Lester did not play. DNP. So, I think he stays. Yep. Uh, Miguel Sano. And I, I put Sano on here last week because he had a bad series. But I said yeah. he will be off soon. Like, I'm not worried about him. It's just like we're watching. And he had two games yeah. against the Brewers. He went two for eight with a home run and two walks, 400 on base percentage. Sano is off. And it's like a golf clap. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a big series. They asked him to hit home runs, and he got one of those. So Home yes, runs and right. walks, yeah. Uh, Daniel Murphy was on slump watch last week and in his three games this week, he went two for 11 with zero walks in his last nine games. He's still at 094, one, two, one batting average, zero, nine, four slugging. He's on. He stays. Yeah. You stay Murph. Sorry, dog. Josh Donaldson, Jake. Yeah. Another one that we didn't think would be lasting, but had a bad series. No. Two games. What, What are we, what are we calling our big frozen fish again? Oh, someone messaged us, sent us an email. Uh, I know where I can find it pretty quickly. Something with a Whopper? Oh, yeah. It's a Whopper. It's like a, a big... I'll, I'll talk through Donaldson a little bit, Jim. You, you find that. There's two games. He went four for six with two walks. So 667 batting average. That's pretty good. A one dot, 417 OPS. Um, Jim, and I think... We might have whatever the new term is. Do we have it? So Wes Newton emailed us, and he says um, he thinks when we get a big fish on Slump Watch, we caught a big fro- – uh, 
I think I can beat We Caught a Big Frozen Fish, which was the leader in the clubhouse. Also, which I'm glad you can. Easily beatable. A good player is a big fish equals a whopper. A bad performance equal taking a big dump, a.k.a. a plopper. So when a big name hits a slump watch, it should be known as the whopper plopper. Now, Wes from Frederick, Maryland, thank you for the email. Right. We love, love the engagement. You beat, the whopper plopper beats We Caught a Big Frozen Fish. Absolutely. But I'm still searching for something to beat Whopper Plopper. I'm not satisfied. Shame to Flame, not looking for any alternatives. Yeah, Shame shame to Flame nails it. And Josh Donaldson is going on Shame to Flame with his performance. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, a Whopper Plopper is good. Might might stand. And we a couple other people reached out. Someone tweeted about me. It's like there's a, there's a fish that lives in cold water. It's like a macaca or something. I don't know. Sorry if that offended anyone. But... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We're, we're, we're going to leave the door open on that. Well, Donaldson was a whopper plopper. But in his two games, he goes four for six with two walks. So that's six for eight on base percentage. Um, is this? It's only two games, so I don't think it's shame to flame. Because like, I don't think four it's for six tight. in two games gets you on in fuego, especially with the back the backlog the three games before he was over yeah. so it's not shame to flame but donaldson good job good job you're right you get claps you get claps and then uh you put dallas keichel on here jake yeah he got rocked his his previous start against miami jim 3.2 eight earned runs and if you combine that with his previous starts which weren't too flashy the numbers look bad but he goes six inning shutout against the mets again a big series seven strikeouts and jimmy i I, you know, I don't like digging up old tweets, but so many people were like, oh, especially Yankee fans, just because they want to feel better about themselves. Wow, we're so biased. Uh, a bunch of Yankee fans were tuning out, wow, Dallas Keuchel. How about a 4-8-3 ERA? Dallas Keuchel in 11 starts has one bad one. The rest are good. Uh, Dallas Keuchel has been good for the Braves, and he, I mean, he shoved against the Mets, man. Yeah, really good outing. You, yeah. We clapping so for off. we clapping for I'm him. Clapping. Okay. Yeah. Good job, Dallas. All right. Now who's who's replacing wow. Th- these? That folks? means we only have two leftovers. All right. Yeah. We need to add some more people to Slump Watch. Looks like we got six coming in. I think that's a good number. I think we like being in in that like seven to ten range. Yeah. All right. So my first ad, Jake. I don't know. I think Twins fans would want us to say this is a whopper plopper, yeah. but the rest of the league. They're not having no, that reaction. No, he's not. He's not. He's not a whopper flopper, huh? Max Kepler. Yeah. O, o for, this is weird, zero hits in his last 14 plate appearances. Now, he does have four walks, so he's O for okay. his last 10. Um, He only has six hits in his last 10 games. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. But he's a big part of this team, which Twins fans will tell you. He's got... He's been good, right? Yeah, he, he's having a really nice season. He can play a couple outfield positions. I think they can move him up and down the lineup if they want to. He's He has been a big part of their success this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I think we can put him on slump watch. It's just a he, watch. He can easily get off. Just a watch. He can easily get off. Yeah. I mean, 866 OPS on the, on the season, and uh, pretty good. But, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, some big series coming up. Twins are starting to bite their nails a little bit. And uh, yeah. you don't want that. So he's yeah. on. Shinsu Chu. Shinsu Chu. 
Ooh, 0 for 11 this week. Hasn't had a hit in five calendar days. And his month of August is rather bad, Jake. He has he has he has a three hit game in August right. that saves all of his averages. So you're like, oh, the average isn't that bad in August. But in ten games, he's went hitless in seven of them. Yeah. And he has only got five hits and one three came in one game. So and Jim, we've we've got uh, we we mentioned them briefly. Uh, definitely something to watch for the wheels falling off. The Rangers dropped below five hundred. They're sixty and sixty one. So they're a couple bad series from the wheels fully coming off the wagon. I mean, they're do they care? The seasons. Um, I think a little bit, Jim. I think this season they can still, if they end up above 500, they're like, wow, this is a lot better year than we had. Like Houston and Oakland were really good, and we still did this. Lance Lynn, Mike Miner coming back next year. So I think that's what they're going for. So, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, oh, so then I have Aaron Judge on here. Uh, whopper plopper, babe. That's a big whopper plopper. Yeah, he's yeah. – he, uh, We're he so a- biased. You're so biased. He had a bad series versus Baltimore, and he had not been hitting the two series beforehand, but he had been taking walks, so it it never looked as bad as it was. But he just hit rock bottom. I believe the strikeouts are are looking way too easy for Judge. He's coming off a huge oblique injury, uh, grade three, which usually requires surgery. Carlos Beltran, who's an advisor for the Yankees, said he would never be the same the rest of the season. Judge says it's not the oblique. He's just in a slump, just baseball. But since July 1st, 37 games, he has a 238 batting average, which is bad. The on base, the on base is 366. So that's what we're saying. Like, good. That's good. Um, but then the OPS is 765, which is yeah pedestrian for, and judge is not supposed to be a pedestrian player for one of the most feared power hitters when he's right he's just not doing that right now yeah. you want to take this next guy or you want me to oh uh, you could take him because I, I i got i got two lined up after that all right i got josh Hader. yeah and this was tweeted at me i forget who but he has given up an earned run in every outing so far this august jake four outings an earned run in each outing three blown or saves or losses or whatever you want to say 3.2 innings pitched, five earned runs, three home runs in four four outings. Bad. And and man, we're I think we're going to talk about it in Fuego a little bit and just how how crazy and beautiful the game of baseball is because that the everything they're saying out of Milwaukee is that Haters kind of his stuff is still there. It's just not happening the same way it was when he's dominant. Mm-hmm. And Jim, I mean, think about all these players. Aaron Judge, like, you know, and. In baseball, it can change so quickly. If Aaron Judge struggles, but the two weeks leading up to the playoffs, he's hot. I mean, he's the biggest threat on the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you can almost say the same thing about Hayter. Like, he could struggle and if Milwaukee were to make the playoffs. And if he goes the one week before the playoffs and he goes, like, seven-inning shutout with 14 Ks, it's like Hayter's back. So, baseball, I mean, it's part of what makes it the best sport. Hater, I think when he's bad, like you're saying, like it's just a home run. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's there's a couple guys that got that going on this year that they, uh, I mean, Edwin Diaz. <laughs> he he had his streak where is like it it was just a home run. <laughs> like there was there was it wasn't it wasn't let's slap a couple doubles. It was just like no, it's a home run. Yeah. All right. Who Speaking do you got? Home runs. James. Who do you got? Oh no. Um. 
Well, Jim, this, uh, there'd be people that want him as a whopper plopper. He's a rookie whopper plopper. Jordan Alvarez, he's one for 15. And Jim, again, how the beautiful swings of baseball. Is this people getting a second look at Jordan Alvarez? Is this a slump? Um, you know, how, how extended is this going to be? Is he going to be in Fuego next week? I mean, you know, coming into the Houston Astros playoffs, you know, if Jordan Alvarez struggles for a month, what are what are they going to be saying about him? Or this could just very much be baseball, and he could be shamed to flame next week. Uh, I would bet that with Jordan because he has been so good. Uh, and Jim, my last guy, I feel like he's a pitcher. When things go south, things go south quick for him. Uh, Cole Hamels, his last two starts, five innings pitch total in those two starts, not good. Twelve earned runs. 21.6 ERA if you're into that thing. And, Jim, what's scary about it, opponents batting 548 against them. That's a no good. I want someone – I know I know we asked for tweets in this show. Jim, I want someone to tweet at me. Don't tweet at Jim. Tweet at me, talking Jake. What's going on with the Cubs starters? Because we've got a couple guys struggling and a couple guys doing crazy things. So if someone could let me know what's up with that, that'd be great. Dude, can I tell you what happened with Cole Hamels in my life recently? Sure. My girlfriend Katie was watching with me. Cubs game was on. We were talking. It was just on in the background. Cole Hamels walks off the mound into the into the commercial break, you know? And she just sure. looks up and she goes, oh, that guy's old. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Cole Hamels yeah. was like Mr. Hot Body Pretty Face in the MLB. Like he was, yeah. he was, his wife was on like the reality TV show. They were like the baseball and Barbie couple. You know, he was, you know, he was the MLB like pretty face. I still think he's a decent looking man, but I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, Cole Hamels. Like Casey I mean, looks he's, old. How old is he? He's gonna be he's 35. He's, 35. he's not that he's not yeah. that old. No. She's dating it, a 30 year old. It's like, come on now. Yeah, I, I had one of those weird moments this week, Jim, because we talked about Glaber being the little brother, and, and you and I have some laughs because, I mean, we look at ourselves at age 22 and where we are now, and we're like, holy smokes. But imagine imagine CeCe Sabathia and Glaber Torres. They share a locker room, and they travel together. I mean, Glaber's closer to one of CeCe's kids' ages. Yeah. And I, it's just so wild, that dynamic. Like, we, I, I don't know. You don't think about that too much with baseball. But, I mean, especially I was digging through some of the old baseball references and seeing, like, old Jorge Posada was on a team with Romine, and now Romine's on a team with Glaber Torres and Gary Sanchez. Uh, you love playing the connection game like that. It's, it's The connection game is wild. Um, but – uh, yeah, I th- I, it is so funny. Like, picture those dynamics. You are in such different places in your life from age 22 to even 35 with Cole Hamels. Whoa, we have, I know those are your last two slump watches. We have a user submitted in the chat. Late and it, user. And, and it's worthy, Jake. So okay. Steve Peralta's in the chat. Patreon live chat. I told you, you'd be, you'd be part of the show if you're in here. Yeah. Because uh, it's impossible to see everything. And this Patreon. is a whopper, dopper. Manny Machado, in his last nine games, has three hits, zero eighty six batting average. Oh, wow! That's slump watch worthy. Yeah, nice. And that's that's what we're saying, people. Patreon slash John Boy Media, right? Patreon.com slash John Boy Media. He is. Yeah. 
Wow. Three for yeah. his last 39. .86. Batting average, .179 on base percentage. Ooh, .114 slugging. 294 OPS. Now, I mean, this is slump watch. It's only nine games. Uh, Manny Machado, he'll be out of it soon. But nice, late, good call. Late Thank you, plopper. Steve. Good call. I think I think we got to keep it moving and shaking to dirt nasties and fuego, Chen. Means on fire, baby. Who you got? Speed read some for me. I'll speed read some, Jim. And this goes back to my Cubs starting pitchers. Who Darvish? You Darvish, our guy. Uh, Jim, I'm I'm gonna lock in on one stat because I I know you and I are both impressed by this. His last four starts, 36 strikeouts, zero walks. That's nutty. Um, I so I I want to throw you on there. And man, I mean, he's kind of had a giant fall from grace, man. He was respected as like one of the toughest pitchers in the league. He goes to the Dodgers in that World Series, gets knocked around, gets the big contract with the Cubs. And then he gets hurt and he pitches poorly. Uh, when he's right, I mean, you Darvish can you Darvish can end seven innings for you real quick. Um, so I I wanted to put him on there. It looks like he's figuring things out, even though the Cubbies blew the games. And this guy's not on there. But Jim, just wrapping up my Cub starters thing. Jose Quintana had a 14 strikeout game. Uh, so Darvish and Quintana are going nuts right now, while uh, the old lefties Hamels and Lester are struggling. Maybe did you that's see, just did it. you see who Quintana went against? Did you say that in there? What do you, what do you, you mean? Who, did you see who he was facing? Well, wasn't it against the... Um, Phillies? Yeah. Fargus. Oh, who he pitched against. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Our, him, our, and, him and Vargas had a little pitcher's duel. Our, our guy Vargas. Uh, yeah, there's some, there's some Southpaw and Southpaw action. Jimmy, I wanted to get a couple Metropolitans in there. A couple Mets you wouldn't expect either. How about Juan Lagares? And Ahmed Rosario. Ligares goes 8 for 13. Rosario goes 9 for 16. Uh, not a lot of pop, but hey, if those guys can bring it for the Mets, that's huge. I mean, those guys are kind of in there for their defense, to be completely honest. I'll keep cruising. Carlos Santana. Jim, he's been hot. I'll be honest, you're spoiling a little bit. We're going to talk about him later. Um, and Matty Chapman, he's getting hot at the right time. The, the guy I want to talk about before passing it to you, Jim, Jose Ramirez, and I did put the F word in there, uh, fuck, because he just did some stuff against the Yankees. But, Jim, and this goes back into my baseball being the best. Jose Ramirez, from June six, from the start of the season to June 16th, 69 games, nice. 203, 298 on base, a 599 OPS, Jim. That's not pedestrian. That's not bad that's like awful and this is jose ramirez jim since then 49 games he's hitting 302 with a 344 on base a 964 ops 13 home runs so less games he's already got basically 10 more homers and jim i think this is the best part of it what did he change nothing when he was slumping he was just like at I, I'm not changing anything. Like, this is what works for me. Something's just not happening right now. And now all of a sudden, he's in fuego. He can't be stopped. And that is baseball. You, what you don't know is that his wife changed all his boxer briefs to uh, oh. whitey tidies. Oh, he's going whitey tidies yeah. on us, huh? Yeah. He didn't even know. He gets dressed in the dark yeah. and doesn't have good feeling in his upper thighs. Yeah. 
He's like, okay, cool. So, yeah, watch out for that. Yeah. Kyle Seeger, you said him? You got him. Kyle Seeger, crazy head. Three home run day. One home run was a pop fly that landed in the White Sox glove and went over the wall. Yeah, the White Sox helped him out on that. But, hey. Yeah. 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 Uh, I did want to put in Aristides Aquino because he's not in Fuego, so this isn't in Fuego. But Reds fans are going to say, like, you need to keep talking about him because he did it two more home runs. Uh, Nine home runs in 13 games started. Very, very impressive. But he went three for 13, uh, so that's not in Fuego. But he did hit two more home runs, so that's impressive. So it's like I'm mentioning him for you guys because he deserves to be mentioned. We talked about him last week, but he's not in Fuego. Three for 13. Yeah. I think the the nine homers in thirteen games. I think that was that was some sort of record. And Jim, I think you know a little little icing on the cake. My favorite segment in a segment. Uh, who'd the Orioles get hot? You heard about Glaber Torres. I mentioned Gio Urshela briefly, and essentially the whole Yankees organization. Yeah, and uh, some last additions from the chat. Brantley, five hundred average, five thirty eight OPS, one dot five three eight OPS. I said OPS twice in his last six games. So thanks Hayden yeah. Card for that. And uh, Lord Escurial Jr. is 10 for his last 20, says Jim Montgomery. Didn't fact check those, but we can't yeah. mention everyone. There's a lot of guys hot, but uh, yeah. we'll throw I was out. I was saving Brantley because he got two home runs in that Homer Festival in Oakland, Houston last night, but that's, that's going to be talked about on Monday. All right, next up. This one's a quick one today. Who got mad, Jim? Who got mad? Who got big mad? Ned Yost, you know him from Verizon commercials. Coach Yost! Is it Verizon? Yes. Coach Ned Yost has a Verizon con- commercial, and half the world doesn't know that he's, that he's a baseball manager. Taking out my son. He's getting beat like he stole something, mister. Shut up. Anyway, Ned Yost got mad about an interference call. He was wrong, uh, and the umpires kind of just laughed at him. and like, that's always been the rule. He was like, you guys right. are always changing the rule. The rule is that, and I know this rule because they always tell you if you're like, so if the guy's running down the line and he's in the grass, right, you need to hit right. him in the back with the ball. Then they can call right. interference because it does not matter if he interferes with the throw. What matters is if he interferes with the catch. So the catcher tried to throw it way to the left of the runner, and the first baseman could have caught it, it like just missed his glove. It's a weird rule they have. Uh, so yeah. he didn't mess up the catch, but if you throw it at him and it hits him, and then you're like, hey, we would have caught it if it wasn't there, then it's right. So Ned Yost had that wrong. He got ejected. And uh, Tim Laker, Mariners hitting coach, got ejected by the ump that sounded like Porky the Pig. So no, there, there might have been some other, like, quick mad Stroman yelled on the mound. He was mad about strike calls, but nothing else really. See you, Tim Laker. See ya. Ump, Big Tim Laker podcast these days. The ump huh? said, uh, "The ump was like, who are you? You don't get to yell at me.' I've been working here forty years. <laughs> you know who doesn't get to yell at umpires? Rookies making their debut, and that's what you Rookies. call an expert transition to call up that's watch a transition segue. Call up watch. Uh, call up watch." Joshua ring, 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 Rojas. Rojas. Drafted, Rojas by, dra- drafted by the Astros in the 26th round. Part of yeah. the Granky trade. He immediately yeah. gets called up for the Diamondbacks. 
He got a single in his third at bat, and he went four for nine on the series in all three games. So not bad. Good job, Joshua Rojas. Good job, jo- Joshua Luke Rojas for your and Jimmy's a local boy, Glendale, born in Glendale, Arizona. Now he's playing for the D-backs. That's fun. Oh, his family had to love that trade. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Huge. Brady Lale and Adonis Rosa made their debuts <laughs> yeah. for the Yankees. Couple big ones. Because they big were ones. they were playing the Orioles, and they're like, we can throw anybody. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Adonis Rosa, two innings pitch, one on run at the end of the game. Brady Lale's been bouncing around the Yankees organization forever. 18th round pick yeah. in 2012, guys. Uh, he's been in AAA for like four seasons and never got the call, which is very bizarre. Uh, not a good outing per the box score, Jake, but some memorable moments for him. He came in. Uh, to a jam and induced a double play right away, then yeah. pitched a clean inning after that. If that was the end of his day, we'd say, what a debut. They did throw yeah. him out for another inning. He went uh, walk single home run to the first three batters. So kind of ruins, Brady the, ruins the moment. Brady Joe Lale. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, in then, that same series, the Orioles yeah. debuted Chandler Shepard, whose numbers in the minors were god-awful, like a 7.44 ERA and a losing record. So but um, the Orioles have bad pitching, so he got called up, and he didn't do that bad in the MLB. Yeah. 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 Who do you got? And then, uh, yeah, I mean, Adonis Rosa, he, he got thrown for the Yankees too, another relief pitcher that they basically just called up to use against the Orioles because they could. Um, he had a nice inning there, and then he gave up a solo shot. Uh, so, yeah, we've got three relief pitchers making their debut, Yankees, Orioles. Strap in for call-up watch people. Jim, this is this is the fun one, and this is the winner, I think. Dom Nunez. Home run in his fourth at-bat on a 2-0 pitch. Yon Lopez. 24 years old out of Elk Grove, California, my man. Whew. Good for him. Oh, there, this dude, uh, Randy Arazarina. He made his debut, and I didn't even write for what team. Uh, I think it was the it's, Cardinals. It's for Saint, it was for St. Louis, um, but I'm, I'm trying to see. Was it the next series? I don't, I don't want to sneak him in too soon. Uh, or no, he, he, made, he made his debut against Kansas City. He counts. All right, so what's fun about this one, Randy Arazarina, he went 0-2 for 2 in his first two at-bats, Jake, and then in his third at-bat, the Cardinals had put together five singles in a row and up steps Ooh. Randy Arizarina, who hasn't had an MLB hit yet. And he's like, fuck, I don't want to yeah. ruin the single streak. This is a lot of pressure. And he gets a single. The Cardinals put together six singles in a row. Good for Pretty him. Cool. Good for him. Got to score at least three runs. That's, that's math. Math. All right. That's it. Those are your, those are your yeah. rookies. No, no, no uh, major players. Got called up. Yeah, no, no big time has got the call. Jim, maybe, maybe we'll, uh, we should be seeing a couple big timers. I mean, at least come September. So that's exciting. Yep. Awards. Awards. Who gets to go first? Jim, you go first. My word is, uh, don't vote for Pedro. Award. Don't vote for Pedro. Do not vote for him. Two, I won't. Pi- two pitchers did not record an out. There's actually three, but I'm omitting the other one. Two pitchers did not record an out this week, Jake, in their outing. They had an outing in which they did not record an out. Pedro Strop and Pedro Baez. 
connection. Tough, tough time to be a Pedro. Don't be a relief pitcher named Pedro. No one's voting for you. Yeah. Two earned runs and three earned runs, respectively, before getting an out. Got the ball taken away from them before getting an out. Tough time to be a I Pedro like, in the bullpen. I like Pedro Baez, man. He's a he's a little meatball that just hucks it up there. Um, you'll uh, at every every I don't every October you see him twirling it for those uh those Dodgers. Um, what's he listed at? Because it's gonna be a lie. He's listed at six foot two thirty two, which means he's five ten two fifty. Good to know. Good to know. So who's your, like who's your, who's, what's your award you're giving out this episode? Jim, there's there's a little teaser earlier, and it's it's a team that you know Jake Jakey's buying stock in a team each episode, the Axeman Award, Jim, um, and there's there's one man that could play the axe like nobody's business, and that's Carlos Santana, and Jim, he is going nuts uh, lately. We mentioned him briefly in Enfuego. Uh, Jim, eight for 15, four home runs in his last four games. He had the big home run against Boston. He totally didn't wreck the Yankees last night. I won't talk about that. Jimmy, this offseason, he was basically a cash dump. Um, he had a pretty bad year uh, for the Phillies after he signed over there. And uh, so he ends up getting moved around a little bit. I think he ended up – did he go to the Mariners briefly? I don't think he played, but he got flipped to Cleveland. It was that crazy three-way trade going on. Um, yeah, yeah, so he got sent with J.P. Crawford to the Mariners for Nicasio, Pazos, and Segura. And then he was in the three-team trade that involved Yandy Diaz, Jake Bowers, Edwin Encarnacion. Those are a bunch of guys you might see come October. But, Jimmy, he was basically a salary dump. Jim, he's having the best year of his career in his age 33 season. Um, his best batting average in his career was 268. This year he's hitting 290. His best on-base percentage in his career, which he's always been a good on-base guy, was 377. This year it's 413. His best OPS coming into the season was 865. He's at 966. He's 100 points higher in the OPS. Um, I, I mean, my guy is killing it right now. If, if Mike Trout didn't exist, he'd probably be in that kind of hodgepodge mix for AL MVP candidates. I guess, I guess it's the runner-up to the AL MVP candidate this season. Uh, but, Jim, he was an all-star and he's got more walks than strikeouts, Jimmy. 89 walks, 78 strikeouts. We don't see a lot of the guys like that in Major League Baseball anymore. And, Jim, my favorite part of the Indians, when they're right, is how switchy they are, man. Carlos Santana, switch hitter. Lindor, switch hitter. Jose Ramirez, switch hitter. I mean, those are the three most feared guys in their lineup, and you're not going to bring in anyone out of the bullpen that they're going to be uncomfortable with. You're just not. And I just think that is such a leg up when they're playing good baseball. So I'm a, a big shout out to Carlos Santana, man. Damn, that switch hitter thing's nuts because I, I believe on an episode of Talking Yanks we talked about how switch hitters numbers are at our all time low right now. I think it's the yeah. first time in a while there's less than 100 switch hitters in the league or something like that. But all right, good award, the Axe Man, because of Carlos Santana, the guitarist, and guitars are called Axe. Played by Carlos Santana. Four stolen bases on the year. No caught stealings for Carlos. Well, so hell yeah. Think they're all trailing runner stuff? Hashtag 100. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. guessing he snuck one by himself. Okay. Pitcher wasn't looking. All yeah. right. Next up. Ding. Ding. Ring. Going up. 
elevator talk to round out the show. If you're a new listener, thank you. This is a longer episode, a uh, longer podcast. I guess we didn't plan on that, but I think, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we, we got a little lost in talking about how excited we are for other segments that might even just become separate podcast episodes. So I think, I think the people will be fine with it. Okay. Well, elevator talk, random team. We spin a wheel. It's a team that we haven't talked about this episode a lot, and we're going to give you some fodder for when you're stuck in an elevator with someone who has this hat on and you want to impress them. So here we go where the wheel is spinning. It is spinning. Uh, Astros, we did them recently. We did them. Miami Marlins? Fuck. Do it. Let's just do it. Come on. All right. That's yeah, that's what this that's what elevator talk is about. You get in the elevator, you walk in there, it's Friday, four thirty, you're leaving work, someone's got their Miami Marlins hat on, and you want to show them that you're a baseball fan. Jim, what are you starting out with? Derek Jeter is the face of the ownership, even though he's not the majority owner and he right. don't like him. They're still in the middle of a huge rebuild where they're trying to be bad. I think um they haven't had any month over 500. Yeah. But their first month was so bad. They only had six wins. The next two weren't that bad. So I don't know. I don't know, man. They're uh, like, this is a team that we're, when we do our episode of like, who should be Marlins fans for the rest of the way, they, they can try to play spoiler. Right. I don't think they're a threat to play Ooh. spoiler. Uh, they do have, they're calling up rookies left and right which I think right. is Isan fun. Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. And they have your pitcher that I don't want to butcher his name. What's his name? Yamamoto. He got, he got roughed up recently. He's coming back to earth a little bit, but I'm still strong team. Yami. Um, this is one of the teams I really don't know anything about. They got Garrett Cooper, Cooper loop. They got near Walker. Jim, he's on two, the IR. Two now. guys. You're going to, two guys you're going to love. I mean, Garrett Cooper and Caleb Smith, a couple ex Yanks. Yeah. Oh, and Curtis Granderson and Starlin Castro. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. ex-Yankees over there. Uh, let's see. Who's having, like, a good year? Brian Anderson is having a good season for them, Jake. 119 yeah. games, 806 OPS uh, with 20 home runs. And that's really the only one that you'd look at and say, this guy's having a good ye- full year. Yeah, Brian Anderson, one of the better players in baseball that you probably don't know. Not to be rude, he's got a generic name, and he plays in Miami, so that's tough. He finished fourth in the Rookie of the Year voting last year. This year, he's got an 806 OPS. Um, he's playing mostly third base. It looked like he jumped in right field for a little bit, but he is, or yeah, he's played 48 games in right field, so I, I don't want to sell him short there. So a little third base right field combo. You don't see a ton of that. Uh, the, the dude's just a solid ball player, um, and he's 26 years old. Um, they've got something in him. Um, you yeah, know, and you know mean, who else that, you know, else they should know who should they know? John birdie fun name. Cause sounds like birdie. birdie. So John birdie, mm-hmm. He was playing in April and May and doing pretty well. Uh, nothing. Uh, okay. He wasn't doing that good, but he wasn't doing terrible. He got hurt, I believe, and he came back on July 31st, right? So basically he was their deadline acquisition off the injured list. Since July 31st, John Birdie is hitting 346 with a 424 on base percentage and a 924 OPS. No home runs. Six doubles. Uh, but yeah, 14 games since uh, July 31st. John Birdie's hitting well, so that's what you say. Hey, Birdie's getting hot. 29 yeah, year old. And then, 
again, we're kind of digging. Caleb Smith has had a really good year. He t- Talk about something. Caleb Smith developed a third pitch. We have to assume that when he was on the Yankees, he didn't have one. Um, Jim, I, I think maybe. How long is Mattingly's really, contract? Like, that's like, is Mattingly going to stay? You think he's. Oh, is Mattingly going to stay? That's, that's a little gossipy. Yeah, I think. And then you dig into prospects a little bit, Jim. I think Isan Diaz, he was their third best prospect in their organization he just got the call he had the memorable home run with his family watching um and then I think Sixto Sanchez he's a big pitching prospect he's been between high A and double A this year so I mean that's that's your deep dive at the end to really show them you're a fan be like hey man I I'm really excited to see what Sixto Sanchez got yeah or uh, okay so Birdie he's been leading off recently instead of Rojas so that's it's always a, the lineup order. If you want to be like, "Ooh, you like Birdie at leadoff?" Yeah, Cooper's been their four-hole hitter, dude. Holy a shit! Solid year. Guess how many players they've had leadoff. How this many season? different players have led off for the Marlins this season? This Nine. Season. Nine. It's pretty high. Usually, it's like you know five for teams that because yeah. leadoff guy is usually like that's your leadoff guy, right? Nine. Granderson, Rojas leads the team with 47, then Granderson with 44. Crazy. There you go. There's a deep dive. Nice. All right. I think that ends this episode yeah. of Talking Baseball. We appreciate you guys hanging out and listening to us. A little bit of a longer episode, but maybe we've filled up enough time in your day. Now you can do, do whatever else you got to do. Leave a five-star review. Uh, head to the store shop.johnboymedia.com if you want to support us by buying some merch we just put like uh, shirts that just simply say i love baseball up in every team's color and all in so many colors and uh people are buying them they like them i want to i want to make it a race like yo this is how many the cubs are currently leading the i love baseball shirts oh wow i don't know what the numbers are and i know a couple cubs came through i think the dodgers may be leading but yeah. When the first Miami Marlins I Love Baseball sells, we will uh, clap for that guy. You'll get a shout-out. You'll get a shout-out. You'll get a shout-out. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with us. We will be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the baseball. Talking baseball. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.